welcome to the Adjust Your Ranks podcast. This is episode number one, our very first show. Uh, I'm joined this week and likely every single week by Sean. Sean, hello and welcome. How are you doing? Are you ready for some uh, deep diving? Yeah, very well, David. Yeah, good to finally be doing this. We've been talking about it for years. So yeah, really looking forward to it. We've been doing our nerd stuff for months now. So good to finally get some recording done. Yeah, I mean this is this is our favourite time of the year. Lots of diving into into the uh, the rookies, and this is this is where this is where me and you put the work in. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think I think you're worse than me. To be fair, I tend to be in the season. I'm quite NFL, but then as soon as it stops, I dive in. But you're full on, aren't you? So, yeah, I'm yeah, a, I'm very good proper, homework. I'm a proper geek. So yeah. <laughs> so, uh, first off the bat, uh, let's get this out of the way early. Uh, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Uh, I spent the last few weeks fairly annoyed at all the trade Justin Fields takes that existed out there on, on the dark web. Um, for me, it was lunacy to even consider um, trading. I know they've got to try and drum up business for the number one pick, but yeah, it was, it was just it was doing my head in. Um, we've got a lot of cap space going into next season as well. Um, hopefully we pick up um a haul of picks for the 101 but the challenge will be what we do with those picks and what we do with that 100 million cap space and um yeah i I don't i'm not i'm not fully decided on ryan poles yet mainly because he gave up pick 32 for chase claypool now i know you don't mind claypool but (laughs) i've I've got no time for him so um i've always had a soft spot for him i can't help it i'm still holding on in a few leagues that four touchdown game i think just just kept me on him so you can't you can't let that go can you I can't at all. Do you know what? I will be quite positive about him because in theory, he is the number one. He's an ex-receiver. He's big, strong. I'm clutching at straws, really. But he was knocking about around London the other day. So, um, yeah, I was going to have a word, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I would have happily met up with him and uh, and, and told him to sort his, sort his shit out. But, um, yeah, what do, you, what do you make of the Bears and this season? Do you know what? I'm going to come on to my team in just a moment, but I think they're in fairly similar position to the Giants, perhaps just a bit bit further back. I mean, you've got Fields, who I think is excellent, but you need to use him more. You need to get him some weapons. Uh, Nikhil Harry is another one that I just couldn't really give up and obviously didn't do anything there at all. So give him some proper weapons and see. I've always liked K-Met. Um, obviously, soft spot for Claypool. So uh, I think keeping him is definitely the right call. See what you can build around him. But uh, yeah, that 32 pick's a bit of a waste, isn't it? Yeah, how do, you, how do you see us blowing the 100 million cap that we've got? Are we going to completely waste it? <laughs> I think Alan Lazard, 50 million quid contract. Oh. Um, th- th- there'll be a few of those knocking about. No, I don't doubt it at all. Michael Hardman. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a couple of bad ones in there, no doubt. What do you think you're going to do at running back? Is it going to be the Khalil Herbert show? Uh, see, I always thought last year that it would be, but it honestly wouldn't surprise me uh, if they go for a running back. Just a really stupid move and pay a running back. But um, Montgomery's definitely going. I think I don't. I don't think they'll keep Montgomery. Uh, I don't think the new coaching staff were that bothered about him anyway. But um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I'm a massive Khalil Herbert fan, as you know. But it wouldn't surprise me if they do some silly money on a running back. I'm the same. I like her, but I just can't see you going with him as the lead back. We'll, we'll see what happens, but it's a shame because I do like him. Yeah. So, um, Sean, let the people know a bit about your team and their upcoming, upcoming challenges they face. Well, I'm a Giants fan. I just took a decision years ago to follow all New York teams. So, went over there in November, finally got over to MetLife and it was um, it was good. But I think last year was more fun than any Giants fan thought it would be. I mean, Dayball came in and just did a fantastic job. Obviously got coach of the year. And um, 
built around Daniel Jones really got a tune out of him. So uh, the, the interesting thing I think is that Jones didn't have really any weapons apart from Saquon. Everyone went down. We obviously got rid of Tony. Galladay's just been an absolute disaster for a few years. And um, obviously Wandell Robinson came in, looked really positive, but did his ACL, signed Isaiah Hodgins off the street and um, got a tune out of them. So a lot to be positive about for the Giants, but I think we do need some proper weapons. be interesting to see who we take in the draft. We've been linked to a few receivers. I know that there's one that you're going to talk about a bit later on today. So yeah, a lot to be bright about. Uh, we'll see what we do. But there's obviously a big $160 million elephant in the room that um, we've just paid Daniel Jones. I think it was the right decision to keep him, but that sort of money is just a bit mad for me. But we'll see how we get some. What do you reckon? It was, yeah, it was kind of mad they didn't take the fifth year option. And and, um, Joe Shane was asked about it, wasn't he? Did you see this outcome for Daniel Jones? And he kind of said, if I did, I would have taken the fifth year option. So... They kind of lost out on a bit of men on that, but I, th- I do think they had to they had to sign him now and they had to get a deal done. It's kind of front loaded two years, isn't it? So, I think yeah, I th- yeah, I think they all are, aren't they? You can always get out of them. It's yeah, easy with hindsight to say we should have taken the fifth, but at the time he was a bit of a disaster himself, really, Jones. He never really hit it. So, yeah, he's uh, turned it around. Um, see how he gets on. What do you make of uh, franchising Barkley? I mean, £10, £10 million pound for a, a running back the calibre of Barkley for a year is not too bad, is it? That's it. I mean, we're, we're on the same sort of page, really. We've um, always been quite a big fan of running backs, but the longer we've been into the NFL, I think I'm team never pay a running back. But someone like Saquon, particularly the chemistry he's got with Daniel Jones, I think he calls him Vanilla Vic. So um, they're obviously getting on really well. So for £10 million quid for a year, um, I think it's a good deal, particularly given you know, what else is out there. So it makes a lot of sense. See uh, how it works out. What sort of a, uh, what sort of a role do you see for uh, Isaiah Hodgins next year? I mean, he come in and I, I was really impressed with him when he come in and uh, I've picked him up in a couple of leagues. I, w- I would have picked him up in more, but some guy managed to scoop him up in nearly every single <laughs> league that uh, that I'm in. You, any idea who scoops him up? That might've been me, mate. I think I got him in 18 leagues in the end. Um, just on the off chance that he became something and he ended up being our leading receiver. Really, really positive. I, I think a lot will just depend on what style we go for this summer. We've been linked for a, with a couple of smaller receivers. And if that's the case, and I think Hodgins will still have a really good role because uh, Wandell, I don't know if he's going to be back week one. So Hodgins will be the only consistent that Daniel Jones will have. So we'll see. I really like him. Um, didn't expect him to do much coming in, but I'm keeping them all 18, 18 teams. So <laughs> fairly pleased with that. I remember um, early days when the Bills first got him and um, they were quite big fans of him. So I'm, I was quite surprised that um, that he was let go. But then again, it was Joe Shane that, that drafted him and, and now he's got him back and clearly Dable and Shane are fans of him. So I think the future could be bright. I mean, people always um, point back to um, the Eagles wide receiver. What was his name again? I can't remember his name. The guy that had a, an amazing four weeks and then died off. Who was it? Oh, I can't even remember his name now. I know exactly who you're referring to. I think you had him in every single league. I did. Yeah, I did. And then he'd become nothing, didn't he? So, um, yeah, you, you never know. But I, I do think that Hodgins could find a role. Travis Fulgham was the guy. That's the one. That's the one. Fulgham. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I do think Hodgins can have a role there because he, he looked very promising. And, you know, he's, he's not that old either, is he? No, and I think Bellinger is also quite a big surprise at tight end last year. You don't really expect much out of a rookie tight end, but he came in, did really well. Obviously got that awful injury. I don't know what happened. He sort of had his eye gouged out, um, which is 
a bit, bit frightening to see, but uh, for a rookie to come in and perform like he did, I think it's really positive. So there's a nice little core coming back. Get Robinson back, Hodgins, and uh, see how Bellinger gets on and run it back. I've definitely well, had something at receiver. I just hope it's not overpaying one of these free agents, though. Really hope not. I mean, did you want to see Bellinger stick that eye back in and, and show that dog inside of him? Uh, I did. I was expecting just to, to show that dog in him and push it back in. That's probably what I'd have done. But um, I, I noticed when he came back, he was wearing a visor, which, to be honest, I think adjusts your ranks anyway, because anyone that wears a visor automatically goes up. So, yeah, yeah it worked out for the best. <laughs> anyway, we better carry on episode. So episode number one today, um, um, we'd both like to take a look back at the uh, the combine from last week. Um we both have some players that we like from the combine. We both have some players, um, some lads that we've feel we've let let their performances let them down. And we've got five names each, and we're going to discuss uh, each one. We'll take turns in, in in bringing up a guy and how they might have changed their future from the combine. So, um, do you want to go first, or, or do you want me to go first? You jump in, mate. You jump in. So first up for me, uh, C.J. Stroud. Ohio State quarterback, six foot three, two hundred and fourteen pounds, ten inch hands. So he's got big hands. Um, I know that everyone was worrying about Joe Burrow's hands when he come in; that they were small. And, and last year, Kenny Pickett and his small hands and his little gloves. But um, two gloves, yeah. Yeah, CJ Stroud's got no problem there with a the ten inch hands, and and the six foot three, two hundred and fourteen pounds is, is pretty much an archetypal NFL quarterback size. He didn't take part in any athletic testing, but he, he wowed the people um, actually there with his throwing. I mean, I follow quite a lot of guys that are actually in Indiana and every single guy was impressed with um, every throw was accurate, fluid in his footwork and absolutely faultless in his release and motion. A few of them were referring to him as like a baseball pitcher with his with his motion. And yeah, they couldn't speak highly enough of, of how well he was throwing the ball. Uh, one question that always was around Stroud um, was his ability to escape the pocket and make throws on the move, but he kind of proved in his final college game against the best college defence in Georgia that he could actually do it. And, and I guess ever since that game, his stock's been on the rise uh, ever since, and the Combine's only pushed him up a little bit more. So I, I think he's really rising up the ranks of Stroud. I mean, he's going to go high anyway because he's one of the best quarterbacks there, but I really feel like he's um, he's pushed himself up even further. There was the Georgia performance and then his performance at the Combine. Um, he's probably, for me, he's probably the safest floor of the quarterbacks right now. I mean, he's got the size, um, he's got the throw-in. So, you know, I think he's probably the safest better quarterback. I don't know. What do you think about Stroud? Yeah, I think you're, you're spot on there with that. He's got the safest floor. Um, I think there's another lad that we might talk about tonight. He's probably got a higher ceiling, but... He's just so consistent, so solid. The only concern I do have about him, I don't know if you've seen his full name, but his full name's Coleridge Bernard Stroud. I don't know if that adjusts him down or up, but um, we'll go with CJ. Um, yeah, obviously did really well. What do you make of people not testing at the Combine? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I don't really like it. If um, if I'm at, ever at that level, I'm going in and I'm doing everything and showing that I can do everything and, and, and blasting it out of the park. But I, I mean, I understand it with some of the guys, but I know you feel the same. You want to see him go in and do everything, don't you? Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I'd like to see him go in. And I suppose if you're in his shoes, though, what's he got to really gain from it? You already knew that he was probably the quarterback two at, at worst really going in. 
probably between him and Bryce Young. Um, so there's probably not that much to gain. So I don't really blame him for not taking part in everything. Obviously did the sexy part, throwing it about and looking good. Um, but yeah, as you said, safest floor. I think particularly for Dynasty, he's the one that you can sort of take without too much of a worry. Um, there's a couple of other quarterbacks that have got sort of wider range of outcomes, but Stroud, I've got no concerns at all. I think we'll see where he lands. I quite like to see him in Indianapolis, to be honest, yeah. but yeah, that's, don't know, that's, don't know that's, if he'll last that long. For me, that's that's his ideal spot, I think. Um, I think with uh, Shane Steich in there as well, I think I think Indianapolis is his ideal spot. Do you see him going higher or lower, though? Just don't know. There's so many questions that in that top sort of 10 picks, aren't there, really, and, and who's going to come up. So I just don't know if he's going to last that long, see if anyone makes a move. But, um, yeah, Indianapolis is definitely the sweet spot for him. I think it'll be incredible. A uh, couple of nice receivers, incredible running back. We'll, um, we'll see. But, yeah, really big fan of him. Nice size hands. I don't know if he wears gloves at all. So, um, yeah, plus for me. Yeah, I mean, with the name, and if we find out he wears gloves, that that might that might pull him down a few spots. So um, we'll have, that's something to keep an eye on, I think. Um, <laughs> Agreed. Uh, next up, um, this is this is one of your guys. Um, I'll, I'll let you take it from here. But uh, another quarterback. Yeah, another quarterback. So uh, Anthony Richardson, uh, quarterback from Florida. Um, wasn't really one that I was going to cover, but I don't think we can do a combine recap show without having a chat about this lad. So absolutely blew the combine to pieces, six foot four, 244 pounds. And he just set all sorts of records really. So 40.5 inch vert, t- uh, 10 foot nine inch broad jump. He ran a four, 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 40 yard dash, uh, just an absolute athletic freak, really. Um, so many different comparables. He's been compared to Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, and all these just incredible athletes really and um i think when i mentioned earlier about ceilings he's definitely got the highest ceiling in this class i think if everything lands right for him he gets the right landing spot with the right system he's going to absolutely smash fantasy obviously real real nfl as well but um we're here to talk about fantasy stuff really any questions that i've got really around him and i think everyone's in the same boat is the accuracy on the throws it's not um it's not a myth really his his accuracy in the final year was 53.8 percent and it wasn't any better really over the, the three years that he was starting. So um, obviously incredible performance at the combine, really intriguing, but um, the price of the brick has definitely gone up. We've, we're in a league where we draft before the combine. It's a really good league because you sort of have to do a bit of research and take some gambles. And I remember us speaking about it and I was going to take him at, at the 109. At that stage, I thought that's a really good gamble. Ended up getting sniped by the 108 you're not going to get him there now. He's definitely gone up. And I think you're probably looking at the 102 in Superflex leagues. Wouldn't surprise me if you see a few people take it the 101. Can't really blame him for doing it, but I don't know if I'm comfortable pulling the trigger at that at that price, really. What do you reckon? I mean, as you said, his, his ceiling could be, he could be through the roof, couldn't it? But it's mm. just, I'm I'm kind of there with you. The the throwing bothers me. The accuracy bothers me. I mean, he's an absolute freak athlete. I mean, it was the fourth quickest forty yard dash time ever for a quarterback, wasn't it? And uh, I think it was, me, yeah. That's in, that's insane. So, but yeah, I mean, some people will say, does his throwing really matter that much if you could get fifteen hundred yards out of him on the ground? But you know, there's going to be teams that will force him to throw. I mean, if you can imagine if he faces the Patriots. They're just going to be forcing him to throw. And then that's where he's got to kind of win games. You don't really see many quarterbacks improve their accuracy inside the NFL from college, except Josh Allen. 
he's kind of the outlier. No, no, exactly. And chasing outliers is always really difficult in Dynasty. I I don't know if I'm comfortable taking it that early with those question marks. People compare him to Fields and Lamar Jackson just for the rushing, but these uh, these accuracy numbers do concern me a bit. I'm sure if he lands correct, it will be a fantastic uh, fantasy breaking player, but. Yeah, really intriguing performance. Obviously, really good fun watching him as well. And I think what was really good to see was actually the deep balls were just beautiful. I don't know if you saw any of them at the workouts at the Combine. They were fantastic. But we have to remember he's under no pressure and thrown against thin air. So it doesn't mean too much. Always nice to see. But um, yeah, highest ceiling of all the quarterbacks. But I think he's probably got the lowest floor because potentially it's an absolute bust. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see. That I mean, I, I did see the deep ball throwing. And like you say, <clears throat> it was fairly impressive. I mean, a couple of them, he was he was waiting for the receiver to get down the field, and he's like, "Yeah, keep going. Oh, I can hit that." And he he didn't, really, <laughs> he didn't really put much effort in the throws either, did he? And he was launching it. So, yeah, the arms yeah. there, it's a cannon, and he, and and he's a freak athlete. But yeah, there's there's questions around around the uh, the throwing. Where do you where do you see him going? I mean, it could be anywhere. Do you know what? It? it could be anywhere. There's been so many links, and again, the Colts have been linked quite a lot. I don't know if that's my ideal for him, but could be anywhere I mean there's quite a few teams that'll be looking for it and again the, the, the scheme and the fit is going to be so key for him because it's pointless putting him in a scheme that's just not going to play to his strengths so don't know we've got a big um big month ahead I think but he's definitely probably the biggest riser out of the combine or one of the biggest risers I think just uh you know please for him we'll see I mean all, all the talk before the combine was he's definitely going to need a red shirt season but since the combine and he's kind of exploded no one's kind of mentioned in the red shirt season anymore but do you you think he comes I don't do you think he comes straight in and starts because I'm not sure I see that I don't know if I do I mean easy comparison again is a Trey Lance um same sort of thing bit bit of a project QB huge ceiling but who who knows and obviously Lance hasn't really hit yet obviously got the injury but he pretty much red shirted his season I don't think it'd be the worst thing but as you said though does accuracy improve? Is it really going to improve at the next level? Is a red shirt really going to help that development? Don't know. I think maybe the best thing is just to get him out on the field. Remember when um, Lamar went to Baltimore and you saw Flacco starting for the first first few weeks? And uh, don't think that really really helped Lamar. Didn't look yeah. bad, did he? No, it was he kind of got in near the end, didn't he? And then they had that awful yeah. playoff game against the Chargers that Lamar kind of got blamed for. But they wasn't they wasn't playing to a Lamar scheme and. That's the worry of Richardson. He comes into some scheme that's not really laid out for him and, and yeah, he has issues. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that was my callback. Over to you for your next one. So um, I've got running back Evan Hole, Northwestern. Five foot ten, uh, 209 pounds. So it's, it's a great running back size. Um, you want him kind of near the 210s, 215s, especially without that sort of height. Uh, he ran a 4.47 40-yard dash at the Combine, uh, a one five three ten 10-yard split, and he ran a 6.9 free cone, which is uh, a decent score for his agility. Uh, he's been a favourite of mine coming out. I try to keep it under wraps a little bit because um, everyone's watching sometimes when you talk about players or when you mention players, and then you get sniped by them if, in, in drafts. So, yeah, he's been a favourite of mine since the Senior Bowl, really. Um but he surprised a lot of people at the combine with his explosiveness and, and agility. Um, he's an excellent receiving back as well. Uh, 88 receptions over for over 800 yards in his last two college seasons. So he's he's a really good receiving back. 
being a receiving back, as you know, will keep you on the field. Um, he's also a, a good pass blocker. Um, the guys at the senior bowl mentioned that he was a willing pass blocker and he was one of the better running back pass blockers that was there. So a receiving back and decent pass blocking will keep you on the field. And if you've got a free down skill set like that and you can um, run fast and you're agile, it seems to be all there. But, you know, you never know how these guys translate. But for me... Um, everything is there for him. He's, he's quick. He's got the free down skill set. Catches um, these rookie picks, as, as you know, for the years that we've been doing it now, they're largely gambles. But for me, Evan Hall was with the free down skill set and putting up those athleticism numbers. Um, he's somebody I'm, I'm targeting, and so far I've had two um, rookie drafts, and I've got him in both. So it probably means he's gonna he's gonna crash and burn, and I'll end up just sticking him on waivers at some point this year. But yeah, I think he's a guy to gamble on. Did you um, did you manage to catch much of him at the, at the combine? I did, yeah, and I think um, obviously a really good performance. Completely agree with everything that you've said there, really. And the only thing I think is a bit of an issue, not just for him, but for all of these running backs, is that the class is so deep. There's so many lads that are going to have a similar sort of outcome from the combine, and it will all come down to what draft capital and where they land, really. But um, he's got the right size, as you said, good, good, um, good height, receiving back, and that will get him on the field. So I think the NFL is moving more towards committees anyway. So I don't know if he's going to be a lead back, but um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing where he lands. But yeah, definitely worth a gamble in your rookie drafts. I mean, he's he's being he's being comped to Christian McCaffrey, which would be lovely. But you know, these comps can get that, out that, of hand. that would be lovely. <laughs> yeah, he run the he run the same forty time as Christian. So yeah, uh, I mean, that's what I'm aiming for is Christian McCaffrey. But yeah, I'm probably going to be releasing him halfway through the year because he's not touched the ball. So yeah, <laughs> I, he's he's a favourite of mine. So yeah, we, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But um, next up, your uh, your running back. Yeah, so my running back is um favorite of mine actually really so it's Rashawn Johnson uh Texas running back came in at the combine six foot 219 pounds which is you know just perfect size for a running back he's big he's heavy um obviously didn't test overly well at the combine he ran a four five eight 40 yard dash he didn't do all the drills he was coming back from a broken hand so um I'm going to excuse a little bit um I don't usually like players missing all these drills he's not really getting that much hype because of where he comes from. So he was effectively the, the backup to Bijan at Texas. But um, I'm looking at the positives. He's got plenty of tread left on the tyres, which I think it does matter going in the NFL. He's not been overly used. It's pointless looking back at his actual um, production at college because he's never been the lead back. So he's put a few hundred yards up a season. It's not much to shout home about, but he's big, he's strong, good size adjusted speed score. He's a bit of an all-rounder, so he's really good in pass protection, and he also plays on special teams. And as you mentioned above for Evan Hull, really, just getting on the field is key for these rookies, particularly given the deep class. The fact he plays special teams, good in pass protection, he'll get on the field early um, and hopefully stays on there. But I think he's he's not really been used as a, a lead back. He's not had to behind Bijan Robinson, but I think he really can be a lead back and seen a few quite big sides linked. I know that the Eagles have been linked to Bijan Robinson a few times, but I've seen a few stories about them sniffing at sniffing at Johnson as well. And I think if he lands somewhere like that, it's just going to be fantastic for him. So yeah, he's one of my guys. I think he's going to be a really good uh, value. I think I took him late in the second in, in that pre-combine draft. I think the price is probably going to shoot up a bit towards the NFL draft. So again, um, a lot will depend where he lands, but yeah, he's definitely my guy. I think he's probably going to be a day two, day two pick. What are your thoughts? Any any uh, chance to catch him at the combine? 
Yeah, so I, I saw his forty yard dash. I'm I'm not overly fussed with four five eight. I think that's fine. Um, it's I'm, fine, isn't it? It's, yeah, no, that's that's um, that's not that's not going to be a worry. I think I think NFL teams are going to kind of fall in love with him because he was a former high school quarterback. So he he gets the yeah. game. He understands the game. He's um he's apparently amazing inside the locker room and a real leader. Um, they, everyone at Texas raved about him um, off the field. So I think he's a guy that the NFL, um, the NFL are going to fall in love with. The NFL as well did really well way. at the um really well at the Senior Bowl as well. I think you know interviews and the way he was was around the camp. So yeah, you're absolutely right. NFL team's going to really like this lad. They they um he wanted to continue with the broken hand as well. He wanted to play on, and they were like, no, you kind of got to sit out now. And he's like, oh, do I have to sit out? And yeah, I just. He's going to win teams over as well. You know, you know how the NFL love a big guy like that as well. He kind of reminds me of AJ Dillon with the build. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the things that you and I have been speaking about for years, we've always been a bit. I think we've got it wrong. In fairness, we've been always put off by these big physical specimens. We've always liked the smaller sort of technicians, particularly at wide receiver. But I think more and more you need to look at these lads. We weren't on Ramondre Stevenson last year, really, and obviously he's come out and hit really well. I mean, that's the sort of not not the ceiling for Johnson, but I think looking at these big prototypical size backs definitely got um, high high ceiling for him. So uh, yeah, some team's going to fall in love. Let's see where he lands. Yeah, I think he, I think he's going to get a decent landing spot, and I think he's going to get quite a good role in his first season. I just yeah, I think teams are going to fall in love with him, and um, yeah, he, he's big, and big gets you um, big gets you quite far in the NFL as long as you can back it up, and I think he can. So yeah, I, I think that's a good one. Yeah. Well, over to you. It's a bit of an interesting one for you next. Wide receiver time. Yeah. So um, my wide receiver is uh, A.T. Perry, uh, Wake Forest wide receiver. Um, he is uh, six foot four or six foot three and a half. And I think he's 198 pounds. Um, so he's big. He's kind of big, but he's, he's, he's not really filled out much. Um, so he's quite wiry for that size. But um in a in a small receiver class, he's uh, he's one of the big guys. Um, there's not many. It's quite a small receiver class. You've got a few guys that are five seven, five eight, five nines. But yeah, this guy uh, six foot three. He's one of the bigger guys in the class. And um, at the combine, he ran a four four seven forty yard dash. And for his size, that's that's fairly exceptional. Um, he had a thirty five inch vertical jump and eleven point one broad jump. That's a really good broad jump as well. So it kind of suggests that he's got some explosion there as well. Um, he's an upper percentile size adjusted speed athlete. Um, as I said, he's one of the bigger wide receivers in this class. Um, no free cone for me is a bit of a worry because there are already question marks going in about his um, his agility. So that's something he's going to have to overcome when he gets into the league. There was also questions over drops during his time at Wake Forest, but I saw his gauntlet and sometimes you watch wide receivers on the gauntlet and they look awkward and they look weird catching the ball, but yeah, his catching was fine. He was fairly fluid. And um, I know the gauntlet doesn't really count for much when you're talking about games and contested catches and concentration jo- concentration drops. Good job I haven't had a drink. But um, yeah, he didn't, look awkward to, he didn't look awkward to me at all with the uh, with the catching. So that's, I guess that's one to keep an eye on as well. But um, as this is a fairly small um, NFL class, you're going to get teams that still want a bigger wide receiver from the class. And... Um, A.T. Perry, he's a big guy, and when he's putting up those kind of speed numbers, I think he's going to be one that teams who do want a bigger receiver, they're going to, they're not going to mind, you know, having a dart throw at a guy like this because 
for that size and that speed, you know, teams are teams are happy to take a gamble on that later in the draft. Um, I'm not sure where he'll go. Um, he was fairly productive at Wake Forest while he was there, but um, I, I think teams might be a bit more aware to him now and go back and check his tape after the four four seven forty yard dash. And for me, this is I know you're similar to me in that. Um, we kind of like the big, uh, fast guys and the uh, upper percentile um, athletes. I mean, last year we had Christian Watson, but um, they're the guys that you want to be taking gambles on because if they hit, they hit big. But um, did you happen to catch much of Perry or, or read much about him recently? I didn't catch much of him really. Only at, at the combine and obviously looking at his profile, I've not seen any any game tape, so not too much to comment on from a performance perspective but just from a profile I think you're absolutely right these are the sort of lads that you need to take shots on and particularly in this class this class as you said is really small and we'll come on to a, a rather small man in just a moment but these are the sort of guys that NFL sides are going to look at um it, it, impressive again it just depends where he lands and what sort of role that he could play but later on in your rookie drafts these are the sort of guys that take a shot on put them on your taxi squad and, and see how they land but um yeah very impressive athlete um, the gauntlet for me, uh, it's nice to watch, but it's just nonsense, isn't it? Really, it doesn't really mean yeah. anything at all. At no point in a game are you going to have to catch sort of seven passes back to back from different directions. It's just a bit silly, but all good fun to watch. But I wouldn't read too much into any of that sort of stuff either. Yeah, I mean, as I said, you can watch some of the guys in it, and they just look awkward. But yeah, you look fine. But yeah, it doesn't really translate, does it? But it just looks no. nice. But uh, yeah. So um, on to your guy next. Um, as you said just a minute ago, uh, he's fairly small, but you've got a, you've got a bit of a thing for small guys, haven't you? <laughs> well, uh, this is a wide receiver, Nathaniel Tank Dell. I don't know how he's called Tank because he's a wide receiver out of Houston. He's five for eight, so actually my height, um, but he's 165 pounds. I used to be that when I was about 13, I think. So <laughs> he's just a, a, a tiny, tiny man. And I think being small is not terrible if you've also got the build for it. You've got uh, Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore, these lads that they're small, but they carry some weight. They've got some stature, but he's just very, very small. A lot of buzz going through the senior bowl. He was, you know, absolutely dominating things at the senior bowl. They were talk the cornerbacks just didn't want to go up against him because they were just being made to look stupid um, because he's so shifty, really good route runner, um, really incredible numbers in college. So last season in college, he put up nearly 1400 yards and 17 touchdowns. So he's a producer. He's a really good route runner. But he's just too small. And I think that the combine killed his stock a bit. Didn't run the three cone, didn't do the shuttle run. And he put up a 4.49 40-yard dash, which at that size just isn't good enough, I don't think. I was really expecting him to put in the sort of low four threes. And I think just looking at the history of that sort of profile, there isn't many, uh, aren't many players to really compare him to. So a bit of a stock down really post-combine, I think, for, for Tank Dell. I did take him, I think, in a couple of drafts late on just because, you know, why not take a bit of a gamble? But I'd be really surprised if he does anything from a fantasy perspective. Uh, did you get to see much of him? Um, I didn't I didn't actually catch his workout, but um, just going back to the senior bowl, um, they apparently they rarely, rarely call pass interference at the senior bowl, but um, they had to keep calling it for, for the cornerbacks that were that were covering Tank Dell because they were they were literally wrestling him to the ground before the board got there because they just couldn't handle him. But this this for me was similar to last year with Calvin Austin. Um, I follow the reports of the Senior Bowl and, and it was similar last year with Calvin Austin. Nobody could cover him. He was rapid and he was winning on every route. And, you know, it was similar this year with Tank Dell. But 
for me, similar to you, I mean, a four four nine. I was expecting him to fly. I mean, the reports from the combine was that he was shifty and rapid, and I just expected more in a four four nine. But um, no free cone as well. Disappointing. Try and show your agility a little bit, but um, yeah, I'd, uh, for me, you know, he's worth he's worth a gamble if you can get him late or if you can get him off waivers or take a gamble on him that way. But there's just no history of these guys working out, is there? I mean, there's two two no. well and, and you know people like that. But Calvin Austin, it just doesn't seem to work, does it? It doesn't. I mean, but you never know that they could get a, a high draft capital. I mean, two to Atwell for some reason went in the second, didn't he, to the Rams? So you just don't know. The NFL might really like him, and this forty-yard dash, as we said, just completely tanked it. But he clearly has game speed because he just leaves people in the dust. Really good separator, but. Yeah, it's. Um, I think he'd just get absolutely destroyed at the next level. That's just too small. You can be tall and, and light. You can be short and stocky. You can't be short and light. It just doesn't really work. Yeah, I think we may have actually just worked out um, why he's called Tank, because he, he tanked his value. Yeah, good, yeah, that's pretty it. He's definitely, he's definitely not an actual Tank. <laughs> you can have credit um, for that one. Over, you just come up with that one. That, yeah, <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. Over to you for uh, a wide receiver. Yeah, so for me, Jordan Addison, um, USC wide receiver, 5'11", 173 pounds. Um, another of the smaller wide receivers in the class. Um, didn't really excel with his athletic testing. Um, he ran a 4.55 40-yard dash on his first attempt, and then he got it down to 4.49 on his second. So, again, not not ideal considering he, uh, the weight that he come in at. He, he, was, he come in at a smaller weight than he'd been playing at last year in his college as well. So... He's kind of cut down for the combine and he still wasn't really that fast. Uh, 34 vertical jump and a 10-2 broad jump. So not a great not a great broad jump, which kind of points to having very, very little explosion, which um, kind of shows up with his time. He's a lower percentile size adjusted speed athlete. Already one of the smaller wide receivers in the class. Uh, he didn't even attempt the free cone. So we have no real idea of his um, agility. I do know that Daniel Jeremiah, I read a lot of um, Daniel Jeremiah's stuff. I know he's a bit of a nerd, but he's um, he's very good when he talks about these guys. And I think he gets an inside track from the NFL as well on some of them. He's very glowing of Addison. I think he's got him as his wide receiver too. But um, yeah, he's very glowing of him and he suggests that he's quicker on the field than he showed. And he's not worried about him at all. I think he actually moved him up in his top 50 today. Daniel released a, a new top 50 today. Um Personally, I was never really big on Addison at the start of the process. I mean, you have spoken about it before. He wasn't really someone that I was looking at. Um, and the athletic testing has only really put me off more. Um, that isn't to say, obviously, that he won't be a success because he, he very well could be and he could be fine. But um, for me, I just wonder if you can get a similar profile uh, of player like that a little bit later on and not pay the cost that Addison's currently going at. I mean, later on, you could be looking at Zay Flowers or Josh Downs or Marvin Mims and... You know, for me, they might be similar in profile to Addison. But, um, yeah, I, I was never hot on him before. And, and the combine was kind of lacklustre. And he's, I think he might be dropping a little bit because people feel the same. But um, did you see much of him? Or did you have any thoughts on Jordan Addison before? Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you on him. And I mentioned earlier the Giants have been linked to a few. This is a lad that we've been linked to in the first round um, in the draft. And it's the sort of profile that I don't really think the Giants need. It's not the sort of profile that... I, I'm that impressed with his bit, bit smaller than I'd like. As you said, the numbers didn't really jump off the, the page. And I think 
there's quite a few wide receivers that are in a similar tier in this draft, obviously for the real NFL and also for dynasties. And I'm, I don't want to be reaching on anyone if I can get a similar profile later. So Zay Flowers is a guy that I really like and Josh Downs, I'd much rather wait and take them. Clearly a good good player. and He's got some good numbers on, on his production um, before the transfer to USC particularly. But um, yeah, it's not a play that I'm overly interested in. Combine didn't really change that for me. I'm sure he'll land well. I'm probably will go in the first round, but yeah, I'm not overly interested. Yeah, I mean, I actually saw his first uh, 40 yard dash, and when it came out four, four five five, I was like, wow, I, I'm quite shocked by that. But um, he didn't quite uh, hit the depths that Kayshawn Butte did, but um, it was still quite bad. But um, I don't know. Do we even talk I think about the 40 times? Gen- the, the 40 times were generally a bit a bit low, though, weren't they? I don't know if there's something in the grass or they've got. AstroTurfs, and I've got no idea, but there were a few lads that just really disappointed on on the time. It's um, a bit of a common theme this year. I think uh, I think Kayshawn Butte disappointed everywhere, didn't he? That was that was terrible. Yeah, yeah, especially he was he was giving it all before the the combine that he was going to do a four three as well. It's I think if you say you're going to do a four three and you, and you you run a four four, it's not the end of the world. But you can't you can't claim you're going to do a four three and then run what he ran. So yeah, it's um. Not going to get too much into Kayshawn Boutte today, but he was one of my guys. I'm still going to take him. I still think it's worth worth a gamble if you can get him at the right price. But yeah, well, that's that's not overly thing, no, isn't it? He's he's going to drop, isn't he? You might be going late seconds coming up, so I think at that, it's it's easily worth the gamble. Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, that's where I'm going to be going in the second round. I think don't um tell the lads that we're in leagues with. <laughs> Keep that one quiet. Um, next up is uh, uh, one of your West Virginia boys. For, for all those that don't know, I think Sean spent some time at West Virginia. And uh, Have I mentioned it before? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once or twice. So I think he's got a, a, an affinity with any player that comes out of West Virginia, no matter whether they're rubbish or not. But um, you take it away on your guy. This is me. This is my guy. So we've got a wide receiver, Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia. Um just a bit of background. I did go to college in West Virginia for a year. So every year I burn all my fifth round picks on West Virginia lads. I've had David Sills and Gary Jennings and Letty Brown. Um, Will Greer was going to make it. He was my QB one coming out. Not, not literally, but um, I did draft him everywhere. Some so I always names, take, a take me right back. They take me right back. <laughs> <laughs> it's been going every year, but yeah. you know what? Dynasty is about having fun as well. So you need to draft players you like. So if I'm going to yeah. burn a fifth round pick, I do it on the guys that I like and that I can root for. So Bryce Ford Wheaton was a lad that I mentioned to you months ago that, you know, I'd, I'd be taking, obviously I was half joking. Um, but I did take him in a, in the draft that we did pre-combine and didn't expect too much. He's gone to the combine. He's come in at 6'4", 221 pounds. He's ran a 4'3", 8'40", dash, a 41-inch vert. Just absolutely smashed it. Um, I mean, the athletic profile had him compared to DK Metcalf and Megatron. So, um, yeah, I think that fifth-round pick that I spent on him is going to be quite a good, good investment. I mean, if um, you're taking so, a gamble on anyone, that's that's the pro, sort of profile you want, isn't it? Metcalf or Megatron. So, yeah, you, you're doing all right there in the fifth round. Exactly. I think it took him at 5'10", so I uh, can't really complain. But, I mean, obviously I have watched him a little bit because I do keep an eye on the West Virginia games. And, you know, he's a tra- traditional sort of outside X receiver. Um, he's a fifth-year pro, so uh, there are some concerns about, um, you know, his concentration and he's got a few drops on his record and his production's not been amazing. But, you know, West Virginia haven't been in, in the best form over the last few years anyway, so I'm not overly concerned. But I think if we zoom out and just look at the pure profile, he's an absolute monster. I mean, it, the size, the speed, the weight, everything's sort of a perfect. He looks like he's built to play 
wide receiver built in a lab. So again, in Dynasty, you've got to look at these profiles and pick him up. I don't think you're going to get him at 5'10 in many drafts um, oh, after yeah. that performance. I think the big question, though, does it see his actual stock rise? Because he hasn't got the production. He's not coming from a massive school. So does it change his NFL stock? Obviously, I've got my West Virginia glasses as a first rounder for me. But um, <laughs> without your West Virginia bias, what do you reckon on this one? I think he's definitely going to go higher than the fifth round now, just because just because of those numbers and and the comps with Metcalf and and Calvin uh, Calvin Johnson. So yeah, I definitely think that he's going to rise uh, above the fifth. But um, I don't know. I read um, it was Lance Zierline, and he said he, he's mentioned some of the things that you said about the concentration drops and and things like that. But as we were talking about earlier with At Perry, if you're going to gamble on anyone late, then you might as well gamble on these big size adjusted freak athletes because when they work out they hit big and if you hit big on this Bryce Ford Wheaton in, in and you've drafted him at 510 you're laughing aren't you so they're the guys you want to take a chance on these speed freaks because yeah for me yeah I, I, that's, a, that's a great pick at 510 I know you mainly picked him because you you slept in his old uh, bunk bed when you were there I don't know something like that <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah um, yeah it's a cot yeah but um yeah, I think that's a great pick at five ten, and um, for for that that size and that speed, you can't really go wrong that late with a gamble like that. Yeah, so so you can can you confirm that you actually respect uh, the West Virginia lads going forward? Uh, he might be the very first West Virginia lad that I respect. Because <laughs> I, I, I had zero time for Will Greer. Uh, I think Leddy Brown works the doors now down the local pub. Um, yeah, the rest of them have been bums. So you, you it's about time you had one of them. Yeah, I'm due one in fairness. I think if I just take them every year, there'll be one that hits. So hopefully this is the one. If not, I'll back to the well next year. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, next up for me. So that's my um, one. Yeah, next up for me, uh, tight end, uh, Sam Laporta, Iowa, tight end, um, six foot three, 245 pounds. Another uh, from the um, Iowa tight end production line, uh, following in the footsteps of uh, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant. It's a really elite uh, line um, of tight ends and Iowa kind of has a name for it now. Uh, he ran a 4.59 40-yard dash, 35-inch uh, vertical jump, 10-free uh, broad jump and a 6.91 free cone, which... Um, Really, really good athletic testing. Uh, good speed, good free cone, which means he's fairly agile. Um, he's another one of the workouts I saw live on TV. Um, very smooth in his routes. Um, every every analyst said the, the route running was very smooth, caught the ball well. His footwork was good. Um, he just looked very easy on the eye. Again, um, Daniel Jeremiah, I follow fairly a bit. Um, he had him as tight end four currently. Um, and he's number 41 in Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 currently. So he's kind of a sleeper tight end at the minute because a lot of the focus is on guys like Meyer and Kincaid and Musgrave. And I know there's another guy that you're going to talk about soon. But um, tight end for me, it's always a position group that's tough to predict. Um, you never know what teams want uh, from their tight end, how they're going to use them, um, what they did well at their college, um, whether what they did well at their college will translate. It's a very, very tough position to to sort of predict. So for me, um, he's a very good late gambling rookie draft. So I think I got him uh, in the fifth round of the pre-combine rookie draft that we talked about earlier. Excellent athletic profile. Um, he's more of a move tight end than a blocking tight end. Um, he needs 
work on his blocking apparently so he might not be a guy that even hits in his first season if he needs work on his blocking because you know they're going to want some of that even if he plays as a move tight end but um he can come in uh and have an immediate um pass catching role for a team but He's one for me that I'll just stick in the taxi for a year or so and then hope that he comes through because he's a he's a good athletic tight end and he for me he looked very good uh, at the combine when I watched him very smooth and yeah he's just a guy that I liked uh, I read, I was reading up a bit on him before the combine because Daniel Jeremiah had him in his top fifty early on then he kind of dropped out so he was one that I've always had an eye on so yeah have you managed to catch much of him? Um, I did actually. He was um, you sniped him from me in that rookie draft, so I was quite a big fan of Sam Laporta, and um, it's a really deep class. And him listed at tight end four, as you said, he's a really smooth player. Really liked his workout at the combine, and good pedigree coming from a good school. So um, I think the key thing, particularly for dynasty with tight ends, you have to just be patient. Not every tight end comes out as a rookie and starts putting up good numbers. You really need to, if you pick him up in your drafts, to stick him on your taxi and just have a bit of patience. Um, but yeah really like him it's a really deep class and a bit annoyed that you sniped him from me you know i've got to, i've got to try and get my wins where i can so um i'm I'm happy with that you know you've sniped quite a, a few for me over the years so happy to get a few wins back to be honest but um this goes back to what we were saying earlier with uh, daniel bellinger and the potential that he's got because he come in last year for you guys and he was excellent wasn't he in his first year and you really get it from the tight ends in the first year Exactly that. I mean, last year, there's probably a couple ones. There was Bellinger did really well in, in sort of a few games, obviously missed some time with that injury. You then got, is it, I can't pronounce it, Chigaquanqua at the, the Titans did really well. Um, but rookies don't generally come out and, and hit like that. I think Pat Frymouth came out and did well a couple of years ago. So, um, yeah, have a bit of patience with him, but really looking forward to seeing where he lands. He's got the pedigree, really tested well, and he's part of a really good class. So, um I think any of them could go. I think May is going to be the one, quite obviously. But then there's probably two or three that could go go next. Um, Kincaid, Laporta. There's another guy that I'm going to talk about next. But very good class. It was actually nice to hear you uh, say Pat Frymouth's real real name because you and I we have nicknames for a lot of um, NFL players and. Don't, <laughs> I nearly we, dropped it. <laughs> we don't usually use his full name, so um, I'll let you I'll let you drop that in future if you want to. That's fine. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Well, um, keeping on the tight end theme, uh, over to mine. I'll drop the uh, the nickname next show, I think. Um, on to the next tight end for me. So this is another tight end from the Combine, uh, Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Um, wasn't actually a player that I was that interested in pre-Combine. I hadn't really looked into him too much, mostly because he didn't really have the production to sort of get me interested. But comes into the Combine at six foot seven, two 264 pounds, just an absolute monster. At that sort of size, ran a 4.64 40-yard dash, which is just excellent for that size. 11-inch hands. He's knocking about with shovels for hands. And he was just an absolute machine. So some of the the workouts, did you see the combine workouts that he was on? Yeah. Did you see the, the one when he actually pushed the sled as well? Oh, my God. Seeing him push that sled. I don't know if you remember the Police Academy films. He was like Hightower, just absolutely <laughs> running that sled. Um especially when you see it compared to everyone else, they were sort of barely moving it and he just chucked it about 10 yards. So he's just an absolute weapon. He's going to be a red zone mismatch, I imagine, all over the field as well. Um, again, I keep saying it with everyone, but landing spot's going to be really key. There's one team that I really would love to see him on. I'd love to see him land with the Chargers and oh, just wow. that size. I know we've had 
Donald Parham's been there and didn't really do too much. And Everett did all right, but it's not really worked out that well. Um, that would be just a really nice landing spot. I suppose the red flag on him, just looking back, because I didn't sort of take too much notice until the combine. He's not really got the production history at Georgia. Um, didn't really get many receptions or yards at all, but I don't think that's overly concerning at tight end. You see that quite a lot. Um, key thing is looking at the profile, the size, the traits, and I think he's got it all. He's a really good run blocker. That's one of his key strengths, so that will get him on the field. Um, so, yeah, big riser, I think, at the tight end position for me after the combine. Did you uh, have any thoughts on on the big man? Yeah, so the the productivity at, at Georgia didn't really bother me too much because they've got Brock Bowers, who's who's going to be generational next next year when he comes out. He's an excellent um, tight end, but <clears throat> they've also got um, who's the other tight end there at Georgia? They've got another guy there as well, and they kind of use um, Brock Bowers and him more. Really, I think it's Eric Arm Eric um, Eric Armstead. I can't remember his name now, but. Um, He's got all the um, key traits, like you said, but at Georgia, I think they used him more as a run blocker because he's just enormous. And there was talk before the combine of some people saying he might even switch to an offensive tackle. He's that good at it that he might even switch to an offensive tackle. And I was like, wow. I mean, you literally, when you get him on the field, you're going to have a guy you can use on the run blocking, but can also leak out. And he's six foot seven and not many people are going to be beating him to the ball. So he could be he's six foot seven, rapid, two hundred and sixty four pounds. He's just uh, uh, going to be a mismatch, isn't he, in the red zone? So absolute, yeah, he's really exciting. Yeah, uh, he could be an absolute weapon. You know, if, you rarely get this size and that speed, do you? I mean, Jelani Woods was a little bit like it last year, but I don't think he had the explosion that Dino Washington's had. Did you see the one-handed catch as well? I did. You know, it was really impressive, but he went out of bounds for me. His, his foot was out of bounds. So being a bit petty, I did see that. But yeah, um, yeah he's obviously showing off. That was on the uh, the fade out, wasn't it? So um, yeah, really nice to see. Did you knock him down a few spots because it went out of bounds? I did. It wasn't a catch for me. So uh, yeah, I knocked him down. But I think he had a brilliant combine. He's part of just a really good class. We keep saying it, but the receivers, I think, have let us down a little bit. It's not as exciting as it was, but the running backs are excellent. Tight ends are really, really deep. So you know how I like to play Dynasty. I'm not really a big tight end fan. Unless it's tight end premium, I don't really reach for these elite tight ends. There's a handful of really good tight ends. I never have any of them unless it's premium. So in standard leagues, I'm taking a few of these guys and just hoping one or two hits. Got Bellinger in a few last year. I think you do the same, don't you? Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of. If I don't get one of the top guys early, um, I, I leave it till late. But um, the draft we did recently, I managed. I didn't like who was around, and Andrews was still around, so I took Mark Andrews because for me, he's basically the wide receiver one in Baltimore anyway. But yeah, like you, if you're not getting a top guy, then then leave it late and just take gambles. I mean, I, I do drafts with you, and sometimes you haven't picked one by about round 13 and I'm thinking, yeah, this is same old, same old Sean. He hates the tight end, but, um, you know, yeah. me, I think last year I had ever everywhere. Then I picked up Bellinger and stashed him. I had Quanku and a few. It's, um, they're just not a difference maker. I think that it's really good getting this good tight end class coming out because the position's just dead, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's been a, just, um, yeah, crickets the last couple of years. It's been dreadful. So yeah, hopefully it freshened up a little bit. There's a couple of really good ones that we haven't spoken about today, but, Really interesting class at the tight end level. Yep. So um, that uh, that concludes pretty much our, our podcast this week. Um, Sean and I are always excited to watch men in Lycra uh, running and jumping about. It's uh, one of our favourite pastimes. Um, we'll probably be back <laughs> next week uh, when we talk uh, free agency. Could uh, could kind of go mad. What are you expecting from uh, free agency next week? 
God, I don't even know. It's there's so many big questions. I think once the dominoes drop, we'll, we'll see what happens. But the, the wide receiver pool is a bit a bit dead. I mean, when you're talking about Jacoby Myers and Alan Azard sort of leaving the wide receiver pool, it's not overly exciting. But there's quite a few running backs. There's going to be a bit of movement. There's obviously a few uh, a few quarterbacks to drop. What are you thinking? I I really really like Jacoby Myers, but I think he's going to get overpaid, isn't he? He's going to get some sort of silly. He'll deal. get a Christian Kirk contract. He'll get a yeah. Christian Kirk or a Zay Jones and deal, won't he? The worrying thing is who's got the most money. Uh, yeah, it's your boy. <laughs> it's, it's your boy's team. So yeah, um, I, I really like Myers. So I'm going to start talking him up now before we pay him uh, 19 million next week. So um, yeah, I like Myers. Uh, Juju, I think we'll probably go back to uh, Kansas because why not? You're playing with the best quarterback. Yeah, it makes sense to run it back there. I think Lazard. If Rogers stays in Green Bay, he's going to stay there, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be staying. Lazard for me, I've said it previously on Twitter, but he is nailed on a Raven. They, he's an amazing run blocker and he's just boring and six foot five and big and just stinks of the Ravens. So um, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, my, uh, that's my tip next week, Lazard to the Ravens. But um, running backs could be, there's quite a lot of really good guys and I don't think yeah, they're going to get the roles. No, I don't want to get too much into it because I'm sure we'll cover a bit next week. But there's a couple of guys that I think are a bit forgotten about in Dynasty that potentially could land really well. So there's two or three guys that I think are going to be really interesting. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. What what date does it open? I can't even remember now. Uh, I think it's the 14th or from, they were saying, from Monday where they're that's when it opens, but not officially allowed to sign till Wednesday. And of course, of course, no team is speaking to anyone before Monday, are they? Of course, it's all all respecting the rules. Do you <laughs> see um, the, the Texans have just been docked a draft pick as well? Yeah, was it around salary cap or something like that? Yeah, they've been fined $175,000 and lost a fifth round pick about the salary cap violation. So God knows what's gone on there, but they're an absolute disaster. Yeah, they're a bit of a shambles. You kind of hope D'Amico Ryan sorts them out. I mean, their last two head coaches have kind of just, they've been bandages, haven't they? Nobody knew, nobody thought those guys were going to be there anymore, but you kind of hope that they've gone long-term with D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah, it's a shame because I like some of the pieces I've got down there. I really like John Metchie and we we both really like Nico Collins and don't know if Bryce Young's the answer there if he ends up there, but we'll see. Do you know what? More and more, um, I've been reading about it, and it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't go quarterback this year. Really? Yeah, I've been re- I've go, been reading it. Go down the golf route and take a vet for a year. Yeah, take a like take Jimmy G for a year, and you know probably tank it out a bit more, and then try and get Caleb or Drake May next year. But it, yeah, I've been seeing it more and more, and they were saying that he he may take the edge rusher, um, Will Anderson, or he might take I don't know about Jalen Carter now because he's uh, he's been speeding around <laughs> the streets and uh, being arrested. So, but yeah, I'm seeing more and more about D'Amico Ryan's maybe not wanting to go quarterback this year and, and saving it out till next year because I think they've got quite a lot to do there, haven't they? Is it time for a quarterback yet? I'm not sure that they're in a position to do that yet. No, I've, I agree. I think I think the Lions have rebuilt the proper way. I mean, they didn't probably expect that Goff would give them the production that he has, but they've really rebuilt well. They haven't reached for a quarterback and now they're in a position where they don't even need to do it this year. They can just sit and rebuild, added to their line, got a key cornerback, really good wide receivers. They've built the right way. So I think, as you said, what's the point in reaching for a quarterback now that probably isn't going to make much of a difference? Embrace the tank and go again next year. Good class again next year. So 
I mean, you could even give David Davis Mills another go. I mean, he's, he's got the he's got the neck to carry the longest him. neck in the world. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, that probably uh, should tie us up this week with an insult to a player. So um, we're on Twitter um, at Adjust Ranks. Uh, please feel free to leave a rating on our podcast and a review, or, or contact us on Twitter. But um, also feel free if you're in any of our leagues to uh, to send us a trade offer. The office is always open. Um, until next week, it's bye from me and it's uh, goodbye from Sean. Goodbye.